Whelan Presley and Van Ho Funeral Homes have been serving Quad City families and veterans for over 100 years. Whelan Presley is located in Rock Island, Milan, Reynolds, and Van Ho in East Moline, proudly supporting WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities. Iowa lawmakers ready to return to Des Moines after a momentous 2023 session. What might we see in the coming year and how may it affect the cities? The 2023 Iowa legislative session dealt with issues from LGBTQ policies in schools to private school choice education accounts to abortion, budgeting, medical malpractice. And 2024 may be just as momentous as Iowa Republicans are looking for ways to make good on their pledge to lower taxes and perhaps even eliminate the state income tax. We talk with two veteran quantity lawmakers about the expectations for the upcoming session. State Senator Cindy Winkler, a Democrat from Davenport, and State Representative Gary Moore, Republican from Bettendorf, who's also chair of the House Appropriations Committee. Well, thank you both for joining us. Let me ask you the first question. Why is Iowa so red right now? We've got a legislature that is controlled by Republicans, a state house that's controlled by Republicans, the congressional district, uh, I'm sorry, the congressional uh, uh, positions, all by Republicans. Why are Republicans succeeding so much right now? Jim, first of all, thanks for having me today. Uh, I think it's because we've told Iowans what we're going to do in the legislature, and we've done it. Um, we've cut, done away with income taxes for retirees. We've cut uh, income taxes for all Iowans over the four-year period. Uh, we've delivered on our campaign promises, and we intend to continue to do that. Well, Senator, I mean, that you hear that, uh, and, and you know people vote by their pocketbook. It's a tough argument to go against. I think, I think a lot of money um, comes into the state uh, for the state races uh, from outside uh, donors, and um, that makes a difference. And so, um, unfortunately, or, or fortunately for Republicans, there's a lot more um, money coming in uh, to the states uh, to shape policy, uh, to, um, in some ways, um, shape which direction we tend to go. Um, when we look at the platform of the Republican Party, a lot of the platform is a national platform that it comes out uh, in, in local politics. And um, I'm not sure that it's necessarily as transparent as uh, the representative wants to talk about, because there were a lot of social issues that were never a part of the campaign that came up primary uh, in the last session. So, um, I don't think people voted for uh, book bans. I don't think people voted for uh, 
vouchers. I don't think they voted for limiting reproductive rights. Uh, those weren't part of the conversation. Taxes are always very attractive to talk about, but the ability to support the programs that government should be providing and uh, to have open and transparent opportunities for individuals, um, I think, got pushed to the side. So do you think Democrats have a good platform then in 2024 just do. to go against the social issues that I Republicans had in the legislature? I think we do. I think it's a, a wake up call uh, to many individuals who um, might have been, um, you know, not as engaged in the political process. But when we start dealing with personal decision making, um, people get involved. And I do want to talk more about those issues as well. Representative Moore, I mean, sure. what do you see 2024 for Republicans as far as the election campaigns go? Well, <clears throat> I think we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me. Um, first of all, Iowa's managed very well financially. Uh, we've got money in the bank. We've got an $8.5 billion budget. Uh, but we're in a position now, Jim, where we're going to be able to fund an $8.5 billion budget. We're going to be able to invest in new programs. And we're also going to be able to give tax money back to people of Iowa. Um, we still have money in the bank that need to go back to the taxpayers who gave it to us in the first place. I do have to respond to Senator Winkler's comment about book bans. What we did was we took out of school libraries books that deal with um, sexual acts and, and references to sexual acts. I want my grandchildren learning math, English, um, uh, literature, I don't want them learning in school textbooks uh, or seeing pictures of sexual acts. They call it book bans. I call it no different than movie ratings. We don't allow our young children to go to triple X movies. We don't allow our young children to go to R-rated movies. It's the same thing. We're taking those textbooks out of school libraries. They're still in public libraries because we don't think it's important for children to have access to that in school libraries. So I equate it to, we, we didn't hear a big hullabaloo when we went to movie ratings about that we're, we're limiting people's choice of going to movies. We thought it was something that was reasonable as to what children can see and not see. But the movie ratings are for the public. Um, what we've done within our schools is stifled um, creativity and the opportunity to learn about things that we might not know enough about uh, and make personal judgments. Certainly parents have always had the opportunity to determine what a child reads in the, in the, you know, from the library. And so um, stifling that opportunity to learn and grow um, is not productive. These are public schools. Uh, if you want to start limiting, uh, then, then try and govern uh, the private schools that we've given a lot of emphasis on this year. So we created all of these policies to limit public schools. At the same time, we opened up choice for parents to choose not to attend public schools, but we continued to um, diminish uh, the, the role that public schools play in educating and a wide variety of education for our, our citizens. A number of the public school districts, of course, are worried about two different things. One is that there wasn't really not clear guidance from the Department of Education on what books could come, what books could go. And the other one is that starting the first of the year, you could be penalized. There could be sanctions against teachers, librarians, or school districts. I mean, those are some real concerns in the districts. I mean, it, it, do those two parts really bother you? Well, <clears throat> it was very clear in the legislature what our intentions were. We wanted to get 
the textbooks out of the public school libraries, particularly for elementary kids, that had pictures or depictions or explanations of sexual acts. Now, I don't want to get into the wording here on television, but that was pure and simple our intent. Senator Winkler calls it creative, stifling creativity. I simply call it, it's inappropriate for that to be taught in our public school libraries to young children. If they want to read those books or their parents want them to see those books, they're welcome to go to city libraries, public libraries. But that's not what should be taught in our public school libraries. There's also, there's also a little bit of an argument also is that some of the legislation that's being written in Iowa seems to be coming from outside groups. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's been a big criticism about this last session as well. Uh, it may be. I don't, I don't look for where legislation's authored. I read the legislation, I think, is this good for Iowa? Is this good for my district? And I think most people in my district, most parents in my district, don't want their children, particularly in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, to have access to pictures of sexual acts in school library books. Uh, and, and that's where I'm coming from. That's where I, why I supported the legislation. I think that I think part of this has to do with um, the fact that librarians, whether they're in schools or in public libraries, they have strict guidelines in the selection of the materials that are in libraries, and they are age appropriate, and they are are uh, interest based as well. And but um, I think what you pointed out was age appropriate. Yes. So should the librarians be in charge of age appropriate, or should the parents be? Well, I think that that the the opportunity for those age-appropriate materials rest with the librarians. The parents can determine whether or not the child reads that book or checks it out. What we're, what we're also dealing with is um, the imbalance that it, it creates in, in um, human growth and development curriculum that was mandated by the schools that is taught K-12, that is mandated K-12 from the federal government. And there are topics then that are appropriate age-related human growth and development conversations that are stifled by the way in which the legislation has been implemented um, and the fear, the fear factor of penalty if you make the wrong decisions. Parents always have had the opportunity to come before uh, elected school boards and voice their concerns and make a difference in that way. Um, when we identify that a book that is banned in one school district has to be banned in all school districts across the state, that makes no sense either. Um, and I, I just think that we are creating um, uh, a hostile environment for our public schools. I, we actually did a program on the, the, the library, so I do want to move on to other topics as well. And one of them also is schools and the uh, education savings accounts, the, the so-called school vouchers. You are not a big fan of that. Um, I, I, I mean, but, but it's still now the law of, of Iowa. Do you think it's been effective? I mean, now that you can see it a little bit in action in its rearview mirror, are some of your fears or some of your trepidations being realized? Well, Jim, I oppose that bill uh, for two reasons. One, as appropriations chair in the Iowa House, over a four-year period, that bill creates a new $350 million uh, entitlement expenditure for the state of Iowa um, when we're funding all the children that are going to private schools. Uh, as a Republican, as a conservative Republican, I have a belief that things that can be paid for in the private sector ought to be paid for in the private sector. 
And historically, the tuition for those children has been paid by parents, grandparents, foundations, churches. The private sector has paid it. Now we're moving that cost into the public sector. And virtually over a four-year period, all children in public schools will receive the same uh, $7,600 per student that we give to private school, the public schools. Over a period of time, that's a $350 million expenditure. As appropriations chairman, I have difficulty creating um, a new expenditure of that amount. The second reason I opposed it is I'm a big believer in private education. But private education is private because it doesn't have the strings attached that public schools do. I'm concerned that someday down the road, two, three, four, five years from now, uh, when perhaps another party takes control of the legislature, the first bill they might enact says if, if any school is receiving tax dollars, they're going to have to abide by the same rules that all public schools do. No religious curriculum, no prayer in schools, uh, following a statewide curriculum. At that point, we'll, we will have lost the uniqueness of private education. Those are the two reasons I opposed the, the educational savings account bill. Also, at this point, we are seeing, um, Senator Winkler, a number of the private schools raising their tuitions right now. Absolutely. So, so a couple of things. Um, I appreciate your position on, on uh, the funding. We already spent, ahead of the voucher program, $110 million a year on private schools. There's a $20 million tax uh, credit program to donate to private school foundations. Uh, we support it with transportation and curriculum dollars and, and um, lunch, school lunch programs, uh, tuition for um, the um, uh, concurrent enrollment uh, for private school students. So we, we already have support systems in place for private schools. So this is not new that we have done that. However, with our public schools, there is a local buy-in. And a local buy-in of electing a school board, a local buy-in of also um, the, the tax situation, the way that our schools are funded. Um, there is a mix of, of public funds and private funds, or, or state and, and local funds uh, with our school funding formula for our public schools. This is all state money going into the private schools and on top of that with no accountability, no accountability whatsoever. On top of that, all of those dollars that are being held in the individual savings account are held out of state. And that concerns me that we don't have any kind of, we have no accountability and we don't even have control of the funds. Well, as long as we're talking about money, of course, uh, uh, you are the chair of the, uh, uh, Representative Moore, you're the chair of the, uh, uh, the House uh, Appropriations Committee. Yes. You're on the Senate uh, Appropriations Committee, Senator Winkler. Mm -hmm. What are we expecting in 2024? The governor obviously wants to go towards a, uh, an income tax-free state in the years ahead. Are we expecting a major announcement from the Republicans in this session? Well, Jim, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're in a great financial position in that um, while we're funding an $8.5 billion budget, we also have, we're going to end the year this year with a $2 billion cash on hand. We've got another billion dollars in savings accounts. And we've got $3.6 billion uh, in a taxpayer relief fund. 
So we've got essentially $6 billion uh, in accounts, uh, which is too much money to have in the bank. And so the good news is, just like at home in your private business or your personal business, if you've got cash on hand, you've got opportunities, you've got options. I think what you're going to see this year is we're going to be able to fund a state budget that meets the needs of Iowans. I think you're going to see some further tax reduction. Uh, and, I, and I think you're going to see more investment. Um, now, as far as what kind of tax reduction, what I would like to see us do is you recall two years ago, we passed an income tax reduction that ultimately gets us down to 3.9%. That won't happen until fiscal year 26. We've got sufficient money in the bank now. I'd like to buy that down now and get us to the 3.9% this year. Sooner. Sooner, much sooner, yes, We've, because we have the cash available. We are also going to make other investments. We're going to, uh, that, that I consider as an investment in the economy. We're also going to make investments in education. We're going to make investments in efficiency. What does that mean, make investments in education? Well, we're, we're going to take a look at um, teacher pay. Okay. We might increase teacher pay. Um, I, I'm concerned about declining number. Uh, uh, um, test scores. Test scores. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we have to do there? My point is, we haven't fleshed out exactly where we're going to put the money, but I know we're going to make additional investments into education. Does so, that does that public uh, K through twelve as well as uh, uh, the three public universities? Yes. Yes. Um, I think we're going to take a look at the missions of the universities. So that's why I'm talking about in general. There's a lot of things we're going to be looking at that we will fund in education. Uh, we're going to cut taxes. That will help stimulate the economy further. Uh, we also need to take a look at, in my opinion, efficiency of government. The governor came out with a proposal of reducing uh, the departments from 39 to 17 or 36 to 17. We're going to take a hard look at that. Uh, we're not just going to pass the bill as proposed. We're going to take a hard look. How do we increase efficiency in state government? Another area of efficiency that I worry about every night is, is uh, having our computer systems hacked. I want to protect all the tax information the Department of Revenue has, all the data we have on, of uh, citizens of Iowa. So we're going to have to make investments to improve efficiency in uh, computer systems. So those are areas we're going to make additional investments. In addition, to being able to afford tax cuts. Democrats don't thing. have a big voice, of course, because it's a supermajority for the most part right. in both houses of the legislature. What are the Democrats going to do? Well, I th certainly we have to see what the plan is uh, because we're not part of the creation of the plan. So we will see what it is. I think that we also need to be transparent about the, the big surplus that we have. That is created from underfunding programs creating actually a surplus to put in the taxpayer relief fund, which ends up being one-time money to support ongoing tax uh, credits and, and tax incentives. That one-time money does not replenish itself. And so we are creating right now, our revenue is projected to be 1% below previous year. They talk about the fact, well, certainly because we're cutting taxes. Well, not when we have an escalating cost of that tax cut that we have to support. And so the transparency and accountability is not there. And it is difficult as we talk about investments not to realize that there was 22 
billion dollars of revenue coming in from the federal government, which offset some of our state costs, which created those surpluses, which are also one-time money. And those dollars will go away. I think that we have overextended and, and been overly optimistic. And we are seeing that um, the, the whole tax, tax uh, cut language and the trickle down doesn't work, not when we are continuing to show that our revenue on a year to year basis is reduced. Well, and so key for state governments and local governments as well is that you really don't know the projections more concrete about taxes <clears throat> until they're paid in April, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, so what is the projection for 24 and 25? Because in, in Illinois, there's, there's a, 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 an expected uh, surplus in 24 and a deficit in 25 yeah. uh, because of the changing revenues that are coming in. Is Iowa going to see the same? No. Uh, in fact, our, the way we do it in Iowa is we have a revenue estimating council that meets they just met two days ago. The numbers that they project for us are the numbers we have to use to build our budgets. What they project is a $6 million decrease um, for um, this fiscal year, the fiscal year that we're in, which on an $8.5 billion budget is not a lot of money. $6 million is a lot of money, mm -hmm. but in the scheme of a budget, it's not a lot of money. They're increasing the projection from their previous projection, $60 million, for next for fiscal year 25. That's the numbers we're going to use to build our budget for fiscal year 25 when we reconvene January 8th. So we're, we look at our numbers very conservatively. We now have the numbers from the Revenue Estimating Council. Um, and we're going to we're going to budget conservatively, but there is sufficient money there, Jim, for us to build a budget, fund a budget for the people of Iowa, cut taxes and invest into new programs. One I didn't mention is probably in the area of law and order. There's a lot of emphasis we're hearing from our constituents. They want to feel safe. They want their kids safe in schools. We understand that. So that's another area we'll probably invest money is in, in the area of law and order. But we've got sufficient resources to do those things. I think the, the other question that I would, would look at um, because of the conversations about our AEAs, we have continued to um, run the funding formula for our AEs and then take $22.5 million away from them. And now we are holding them accountable for reduced uh, uh, performance by students with disabilities. It's almost a self-fulfilling pro prophecy. You continue to underfund and, and not, not taking responsibility for what those funds support uh, and point the finger at, at an institution that has had to continually um, work uh, with our students for less revenue than they should be getting. And that is a problem. And um, you know um, what I am hearing anecdotally, uh, which is the only way I get my information because I'm not at the table, is that potentially they'll scoop from our AEAs to give to the teachers uh, for the teacher increase. That doesn't mean an investment. That is not a new investment. That's just reorganizing the deck chairs. And I, and I might add, Senator Winkler's making a huge leap here. We haven't seen any proposal on the AEAs. So the scooping of money from one to pay for something else is a total fabrication because there's been no plan released. Now, that may be in somebody's plan, but nothing's come out that I'm aware of 
uh, that would do that. I have less than a minute left. I could talk to you for hours. I we know that. I apologize. <laughs> so very, very quickly, what's your number one priority for 2024? Funding uh, basic services that the people of Iowa want for government, making sure they're comfortable that Iowa has enough money to fund their government, as well as investing in new areas that Iowans tell us that they want investments made and cutting taxes with the rest of the money that we have in the bank. Senator Winkler? I think um, my biggest priority would be to assure, uh, do everything I can to assure that individuals um, receive what government should be providing um, in quality education, in access to health care, uh, in, in the, um, the opportunity to keep our personal freedoms within our, our own decision-making. Um, I, I am concerned that we are no longer the Iowa we think we are um, in, in the way that we are treating individuals in our society, and that concerns me. Our thanks to State Senator Cindy Winkler, Democrat from Davenport, and State Representative Gary Moore, Republican from Bettendorf, who's also the chair of the House Appropriations Committee. Once again, the Iowa legislative session starts January 8th. Beth Ann Heitgerken started her love of performing while attending high school in Dubuque. It led her to study music at the University of Iowa, and she now lives in Davenport, raising a family and still pursuing her love of music. She joined us as part of the WQPT Chords and Coffee sessions to perform one of her originals. Here's Beth Ann Heitgerken with Answer Right. feel and the I guess the lyrics behind it are kind of fun it's about like being out with a person and wanting to have like a, a good time and like be flirty and cute but the other person's just not being flirty and cute <laughs> and they might actually be getting on your nerves um, so it's kind of about that that feeling which is not very deep but it's a fun song You got to have that answer. 
Beth Ann Heitgerken with Answer Right. On the air, on the radio, on the web, on your mobile device, and streaming on your computer. Thanks for taking some time to join us as we talk about the issues on the cities. and Van Ho Funeral Homes have been serving Quad City families and veterans for over 100 years. Whelan Presley is located in Rock Island, Milan, Reynolds, and Van Ho in East Moline, proudly supporting WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities.